0: Two Wednesday uh, evenings ago, I rehearsed how if I were an evangelist, I would prepare people before I laid hands on them. And then we went to Missouri to see Derek and Christina and their girls. And one day out praying, the Lord didn't correct my outline, but He gave me two additional points. And then the next day while out praying, I saw myself praying for a man here at church. And I wrote to my staff, I've never heard anyone explain why signs and wonders are God's method of advertising for the lost, but generally will not work for believers. I just heard Fred Price's message in June of 1988 and took his word for it. This morning, our gracious Lord explained it to me. Now, we all know John 14, 13, 14, because we've been dealing with this for about six weeks, and I will do whatever you ask, and the Greek word there is not really ask. It's ateo, demand. Not, not demand like God works for us, but to make a demand on your covenant rights. You know, it's kind of like if the FBI shows up at your house tonight and they say, we want to come in and look around. You say, where's your warrant? See, so you're demanding your rights. That doesn't mean you're mean about it, right? You're just exercising your rights. Amen? A tile. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask, same word, me for anything in my name and I will do it. And so this second day up there praying, I saw myself laying, holding hands with a man out here in the fellowship atrium praying. And employing John 14, 13, 14, and saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this man. And the Lord said to me, Could you pray that prayer? And I thought about it a second, and I said, No, sir, I could not pray that prayer for that man. And the Lord said, Why not? And I said, Because according to your word, Galatians 3:13, Colossians 2:15. Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter two twenty four, he was healed 2,000 years ago. And there it is. That's the explanation for the why. For you see, every believer was healed 2,000 years ago. The work is done. Say it out loud. The work, is done. the work is done. So the believer's job is to walk in that new covenant and exercise his authority over Satan. Now, the unbeliever has no such covenant and no such rights to walk in. So you as an individual believer, you must walk by faith. You cannot walk by signs and wonders. It simply will not work. And sure, the Lord's gracious, the Lord's merciful, and sometimes somebody gets something. But uh, I just choose not to live my life that way. You know, I got to have something that I, I know is going to work. And I, I, I just can't... Uh, Go from place to place to place and have a hundred people lay hands on me and hope. You know, like they say in the world, hope is not a plan. Now, I do not mean to repeat myself and bore you, but I do mean to be precise. And you have no idea how blessed you are. Of all of my fathers in the faith, great men like Oral Roberts, Lester Summerall, T.L. Osborne, even John Osteen, none of them taught how to do it. Only to Kenneth Hagan the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003 and then Fred Price because he learned it from Kenneth Hagan You go to the Word of God and you identify principles and once you identify a principle in the Word of God, you can work it over and over and over and over. January 31st 2016, the Lord gave me a song, and he said to me, he said, now, from this day to your last day, whenever you need healing, you sing this song until the quickening comes. And I, you know, I've been a full gospel guy since 1960. And so I thought quickening, you know, I thought like in Pentecostal terms, quickening, or like in Hollywood movies terms, you know, the quickening. Uh, but when, when I, we were up there, and somehow, somehow it's just different. You get away from home, the routine's different. And I don't know, you get away from home, maybe you can hear more clearly. And, uh, but I saw <laughs> that the quickening is not some physical thing. It, let me say it this way. It doesn't have to be some physical thing the Holy Spirit does in our bodies. The quickening can be revelation. Revelation. I'll get to it, but one simple thing. And when I started changing that and the way I prayed, within 36 hours, I could tell the difference in my body. Just one simple thing. So you identify principles, and then you can exercise a principle over and over and over. So here's this litany of, because the Lord asked me on December 6th, If you were an evangelist, how would you prepare God's people to have hands laid on them? And I knew he wasn't just asking a rhetorical question. I went to my office and I wrote it down. But when I was up in Missouri, he added two points to mine. And and he must know more than I do, right? So here it is again with the two additional points given to me by the Holy Spirit. Again, I don't mean to bore you, but I do mean to be precise because I want you To get your needs met, I want you to be healed when you need to get healed. I want you to know how it works. Can you you see that? So first I'd take the congregation to Colossians 2.15 and I would point out that Satan has already defeated. Jesus defeated him for us 2,000 years ago and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross and I would ask the congregation, what tense is that? Past. And I would point out that one translation says, Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Second, I take the congregation to Ephesians 4.27, and I would point out that it is we who give Satan a place. Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. Now, we don't want to believe this. We want to think it's luck or chance or, you know, bahati Bai, that's why he, you know, bad luck, whatever, karma, Uh, We don't want to accept responsibility, but the fact of the matter is, if the devil's operating in your life, you open the door. Now, I do realize sometimes we open the door and we we didn't know we did it. You know, a lot of times we do that because we think somebody's our friend and we go along with a relationship and then later it bites us. Well, we still open the door. Third, I would take the congregation to John 10, 10, and I would point out that it's Satan and not God. It's pitiful to me that we even have to bring this up, but this this is the church world we live in in 2022. But I would point out to God's people that it is Satan and not God who steals and kills and destroys. Jesus said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that they might have life and have that life more abundantly. I remember preaching on John 10.10 back when we pioneered the church in the hotel. We got a lot of blowback on it and uh, because I was preaching life more abundantly. I don't know why people have trouble with that. They'll stand in line all day long to get their PPP loan, you know, or fill out 100 pages. You know, they'll do all kinds of stuff, jump through all kinds of hoops. But they, they, want, they have a problem with believing that God wants me to have life more abundantly. I don't understand that. I mean, God's got to be more for you than the gov, right? Fourth, I would take the congregation to Acts ten thirty eight, and I would point out that the people Jesus healed needed healing because they were under the power of the devil. Again, we don't want to admit this, but we open doors. We let Satan in. We, we give him a toehold, a foothold. And before you know it, he's holding high carnival in our lives and in our bodies, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Now, this does not mean that people who are sick are demon-possessed. What this means is that sickness is not God's work. Sickness is the devil's work. Disease is not God's work. Disease is the devil's work, and we open doors. And a lot of times, it's not even some nefarious thing. You know, one of, the, one of the things Smith Wigglesworth would tell ministers whenever he would do a minister's conference, he was the greatest healing evangelist in the 18th century, the 19th century, he would, he would tell ministers, make sure you wear a coat and stay warm in the winter. This is just common sense, but how many of us have gone out and uh, it was too cold for whatever we were wearing, and something got a hold of us. See, uh, but we still—it was still us. We still did something or didn't do something. We still opened the door. So it doesn't even have to be some spiritual thing like a Ouija board, but (laughs) it—it could be us neglecting something or us doing the wrong thing. Does that make sense? Fifth, I would take the congregation back to Colossians 2.15 because this is fundamental. And I would again point out that Satan is already defeated. See, if you are of a mindset that you need God to do something or that God is in some kind of a cosmic wrestling match with the devil, you're not going to get any traction. You have to see. Satan is defeated. He's been defeated for 2,000 years. And what is his gift? What is Satan's gift? Deception. And so he gets people to thinking that he's uh, big, that he's uh, important, that he's powerful. And he is to the lost, but not to the covenant person. So our job is to we're not going to negotiate with him. We're not playing with him. We, our job is to exercise the authority we have in the name of Jesus over him and run him out. Sixth, I would take the congregation to Matthew 8, 17, and I would point out that in truth, they were already healed 2,000 years ago. This was to fulfill what the prophet, what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And I would ask the congregation, what tense is that? It's past tense. Seventh, I'd take the congregation to 1 Peter two twenty four. And I would again point out that in truth, they were already healed 2,000 years ago by whose stripes you were healed. And I would ask the congregation, what tense is that? 8th i I'd take the congregation to Mark 11:22 to 24. This is new. And this will change your life. And this will get you healed. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God that I'm still in the school of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said He'll lead you and He'll guide you into what? The ditch? What did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would guide you into? All truth. Eighth, I would take the congregation to Mark 11:22 to 24, and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say under this mountain be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, verse 24, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. You see, the unbeliever has no covenant rights to exercise. This is new. The unbeliever has no covenant rights to exercise. That's why they need a preacher, a believer a neighbor, a cousin, they need someone to exercise faith on their behalf because they don't have any rights. The unbeliever has no covenant rights to exercise. And so when hands are laid upon the unbeliever, your answer is right here. When hands are laid upon the unbeliever, God does not expect that person to follow the instructions the Lord Jesus Christ gave in Mark eleven twenty four and exercise His faith, exercise His rights. They're an unbeliever. They don't have any rights to exercise. You know, in various vehicles, we've got different messages going on, and it's amazing how many stories Kenneth Hagin tells about people getting healed, and a day or two or three later, getting saved. See, signs, wonders, and miracles are God's method of advertising. Raymond T. Ritchie was a great healing evangelist. He called healing God's dinner bell. Therefore, I say unto you, what things shall have desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So the point is that... These various methods God has given us in the word of God are points of contact. If it's a prayer of agreement, we don't have to join hands. We could just stand there and agree. But that moment is a point of contact. Anointing with someone, someone with oil is a point of contact. Or Roberts used to really be criticized because he, he he when he got on TV, he'd tell people to stretch out your hand and touch that television. You know, people really criticized him for it. There's something about, though, a point of contact whereby in the moment, see, you exercise your faith. And Jesus said, Therefore I send you what things serve you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so even on the the way that he's had me praying in recent days, that's evolved. You know, I walked through this, I think this was three weeks ago. You know, uh, Father God, you are my witness that 2,000 years ago, Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. In Missouri, he had me add this. Father God, you are my witness 2,000 years ago Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me. Father God, you are my witness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I've rebuked Satan and told him to take his hands off my body and take his hands off and you name whatever the issue is. Father God, you are my witness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I've told Satan, I've rebuked Satan and commanded him to gather up all of his lying symptoms and leave me not ever to return. And Father God, you are my witness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I've pled the blood of Jesus over my body. And then you mentioned whatever's going on. I've pled the blood of Jesus over whatever part. That's kind of Pentecostal, but I like that. And, and then, Father God, you are my witness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I've spoken to my body, and I've commanded my body to be healed and to be made every which way whole, from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Father God, you are my witness. I have heard the good report, and I believe the good report, and I've confessed the good report. that. Jesus took up my infirmities, and he bore away my diseases, and by his stripes I have already been healed. Father God, you are my witness. I've renewed my mind to the written word of God, to where my mind and my spirit man are in agreement on the written word of God, that Jesus took up my infirmities, and he bore away my diseases, and with the stripes of Jesus I've already been healed. And Father God, you are my witness, that I have spoken to my body and I've commanded my body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to line itself up to the written word of God. Jesus took up my infirmities and bore away my diseases and with his stripes I have been healed. Now, this this is brand new and I'm telling you what, this is the juice right here and I got this from the Lord when I was away and it is astounding, it is amazing, it is staggering to me how we're hardwired to not follow instructions. Because he he had me squeeze points one and two together to make room for a new point 10, and that is this. Father God, you are my witness. I believe, present tense, I believe I receive healing in my body from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Father God, I believe I receive, and you name whatever it is. See, because he says, but have we done this? Talk to me, have we done this? When, 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 when did he say to do this? See, in verses 22 and 23, he's giving the principle of confession. Right. But in verse 24, he shifts gears. He's talking about prayer. Right. He tells us what to do. It's like, golly, it was there the whole time. And when ye pray, say it out loud. When you pray, pray, believe that you receive them, you you receive them. and you shall have them. Believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Believe that you receive them. What tense is that? Christ. And ye shall have them. What tense no, believe that you receive them? What tense is that? It's present. It's present. It's present. Yeah. See, right right now I'm praying, so now I gotta believe I receive. Yeah. And ye shall have them. What tense is that? It's no, it's not. What te- and ye shall have them. What tense is that? Future. That's future. That means it's coming. I love it, I love it, I love it. Christianity, properly taught, is a lifestyle of standing on the Word of God, running the devil out of your life, Amen. and anticipating, living in anticipation of all these covenant promises because they're on the way. Amen. They're on the way. They may, come, they may come Friday, I don't know. They may come January 31, I don't know, but they're coming. They're coming. See, because he said so. But See, we don't want to do any of this. We want somebody to lay hands on us. I don't like Faith Christian Center because they're always doling out homework. <laughs> you know, if we had some magic beads, I'd, I'd, I don't know if we'd sell them in the cafe or we'd give them to you. But anyway, we'd, we'd share them one way or the other. John Osteen used to say, "We don't have any shortcuts because there are no shortcuts." Amen. I mean, isn't it amazing? It was there the whole time. Therefore, I say to you, what things have you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And then I shift gears and I say, now, Father, based on these ten facts you have witnessed yourself. I boldly declare I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm well from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. See, that gets the wine out of your mouth. I'm not talking about W-I-N-E. I'm talking about W-H-I-N-E. It gets the wine out of your mouth and the crybaby thing and, you know, you don't know how hard I've had it. See, you're a believer. How many of you are believers tonight? Let me see your hand if you're a believer. Say, thank you, Father God. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. So you're a believer. And as I've shown you by the word of God, as a believer, the truth of the matter is you were healed 2,000 years ago on that whipping post and at Calvary's cross. And as a believer, you know about Mark eleven twenty four. 24. You, you know about it. So as a believer, God expects you to have faith and God expects you to exercise your rights as a believer and believe God and believe you receive as hands are laid upon you. And that would would apply to any of these manners of prayer we've gone over. If we agree in prayer together in that moment, because he said, when you pray, right? Not a week later. When you pray, believe that you receive. If we're anointing with oil, when we anoint with oil, we're praying. When you pray, believe you receive. When we're laying hands on somebody, believe you receive. Now, how do we know we did it? How do we know we did it? By what comes out of our mouth later. Because listen, if you think Satan is going to let you have a healing and a victory and that be the end of it, you absolutely have no idea who you're dealing with. Because this is the same one that's castrating little boys and doing hysterectomies and mastectomies on little girls. He is is wicked and he is evil beyond comprehension. And if he can't get you to hell, he wants to get you in the box. Right. He's wicked. There's no redeeming quality to him. That's right. So if you think he's going to let you get your healing and that be the end of it, then you absolutely don't know who you're dealing with. Right. So you're in his service. Somebody pray or in the fellowship atrium. Somebody prays a prayer of agreement with you. Somebody anoints with oil. Somebody lays hands on you. What, how do we know whether or not you believed you received in the moment? By what comes out of your mouth the next day and the next week and the next month? Because Pentecostalism. is this empty endeavor of emotionalism without a payoff. And a lot of you came out of Pentecostal backgrounds. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, they'll rock and roll and shake and quiver and fall down, swing from the chandeliers, do all of that, and, and you see them somewhere at Olive Garden or whatever, and you say, How is oh, man, we, the, the preacher tore the house down. What do you preach about? I don't know. <laughs> see, in other words, it's all emotion to make people feel better about their lousy situation. I don't see the ministry that way. I have, <laughs> that's awful bold, I have the words of life in my mouth Amen. so that you can take what you're hearing at Faith Christian Center. And Thursday and Friday and Saturday, whenever something comes up, you're going to have the tools to know how to deal with it, how to cope, and how to get the victory. That's right. You know, we took Sue's truck to, for service, and one of the things they wanted to do was rotate the tires. And they called and they said, well, we don't have the, the, uh, the lug wrench for the locking lugs. See, if you don't have the tool, then you can't do the job. Can you see that? So we had, we had and where the, where the tool went, we don't know. We had, to go, we had to buy one and then get it to them so they could rotate the tires. If you don't have the tools, you can't accomplish the task. And so people, because they haven't been taught, and I feel bad about it, but I'm doing my part. I mean, they haven't been taught. They haven't been taught. So when, when, when you pray and somebody agrees with you in prayer, in the moment, when you pray, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. Yeah, but I don't, I, don't, I don't feel healed. There you go. You're walking by sight. And not by the word of God. Now, the, the, the criticism, even when Kenneth Hagin tells the story of how he came up off the bed of affliction at age 17, he, had a, he, was de, he was born with a deformed heart, long story, but he says that he nearly ran out of time because he laid there for months and months and months and months and looked at Mark 11, 22 to 24, and he knew the answer was there, but he didn't know how to exercise it. Nobody had ever taught him. And he talks about in his testimony. He could have run out of time. And this is why I highly recommend learning how this stuff works on money. Because money's not fatal. I mean, it can be disappointing, but if you're believing God for a refrigerator and the money doesn't come, you don't die. You just eat microwave popcorn. But... And then what I've discovered is by, by exercising my faith on money, well, then I get blessed on that, in that realm. And then when something rears its head, well, I'm not afraid because I know how it works. I know how prayer works. I know how confession works. Thank God I'm in the school of the Holy Spirit, and I'm learning all the time, but I know how it works. And ninth, I would take the congregation to Mark 16, 17, 18. This is new. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And I I don't want to get into all of the snake stuff and poison. People are so weird. You know, anybody gets bit by a snake deserves it. (laughs) We have an example of this. Paul was building a fire on the island of Malta. And, you know, you have to be careful with wood piles. Snakes get in wood piles. And he was reached for some wood to put on the fire, and he got bit by a snake. And... The people there on the island expected him to die. It was a deadly snake, but he didn't die. Then they thought he was a god. And the next one is, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. So we're not going to go drink strychnine to prove this works. But we were missionaries in Africa, and I've sat down, and stuff was moving on my plate. But I never got sick. I have gotten sick traveling when I was not working for the Lord, Vacation, but I have never one time in my life gotten sick when I was working for the Lord. Not one time. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. The last phrase, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's where I would take people before I laid hands on them, ninth, And what did Jesus say? They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, again, people might think I'm a stickler, but I just have this crazy idea that Jesus wasn't like us and didn't just stand around bloviating nonsense about stuff that didn't matter. I have this mental picture that he operated as the Son of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God and not one word was vain or wasted. So look at the language. This is Jesus. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So again, when, when hands are laid upon you, what are you saying the next day? What are you saying the next week? Well, that didn't work. I got a. I got a. I heard so and so is having a meeting over here. I need to go over there see if I can get healed over there. What are you saying? Because Jesus said they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, so the way again. I'm not talking about a lost person who doesn't know anything and doesn't have a covenant and doesn't have any covenant rights. I'm talking about God's people. Don't you think God expects you to read the Bible he gave you? And he says right there, they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. So what are we in the next day, the next week is, well, Jesus said they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I, I went down there and, and they laid hands on me. So I shall recover. That's it. Case closed. Yeah, but I don't feel healed. Well, you're walking by sight. You're walking by feelings. And not only that, he said they shall recover. Well, I just don't see how I can confess that I shall recover. I don't know why not. You talk about, you know, the Hong Kong flu is coming. You know, we used to talk about the Hong Kong flu. Nobody cares about the Hong Kong flu. And how come all of this, how come all these diseases come from pagan lands? Famous uh, ministry consultant was standing behind somebody at the drugstore here in the last day or two or three and they were getting their fourth booster. What's in your mouth? What are you expecting? You expecting trouble? Hardship? Calamity? Disease? Listen. Without knowing it, We're living through a paradigm shift. It's very hard to see a paradigm shift in real time, but we are living through a paradigm shift because uh, until recent months, it was incredibly rare to stand out there and hear about anybody dead. But literally now in 2022, it is very unusual to stand out there and not hear about somebody dead. Now, we're not gonna get into maybe why. Now, in the Faith Christian Center family, nobody's dying. But out there, they're dropping like flies. And so at the very moment, the world could use a church that has put on the full armor of God. The world's got a church that doesn't know what to do walking around like a blind man because nobody taught them the word of God. See, they don't have the tool. If you don't have the tool, you can't do the job. Can you see that? What did Jesus say? Now, again, on any issue of life, the first thing that should come to our mind and the most important thing that that should come to our mind is, what does God's word have to say about this? And so when somebody, when you Join hands in prayer, prayer of agreement. Somebody anoints you with oil. Somebody lays hands on you. You believe you receive. And when you stand praying, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It's crazy the things we've done. Move from three and a quarter acres down here We just believe the money, you know, and, and thank God I've got people around me whenever even I was doubtful, they would say, the money's coming, Pastor, the money's coming. And then, then I would, you know, snap my head in line. The money, yeah, that's right, that's right. The money's common. the money's coming. Better to exercise your faith on money than on something in your body. Use money to learn how to believe God. Amen. See, money, <laughs> your average Christian is being used by money. The covenant man uses money. And I would ask the crowd, are you ready now to walk in what Jesus said belongs to you? Are you ready to have hands laid upon you and receive your healing by faith? And I'd ask the crowd, are you ready to receive what Jesus has already done for you? Are you ready to receive the victory? That Jesus won for you 2,000 years ago. And are you ready when hands are laid upon you to believe you receive? Are you ready to believe you receive your healing when hands are laid upon you? And if you cannot honestly do this, then wait. Listen to more preaching of the word until you can come forward with this spirit and attitude. And then you will receive. Because if you come forward and have hands laid upon you without being ready to receive when hands are laid upon you, all you'll do is hinder your own faith. So back to that, it wasn't a vision, I just saw it in my spirit, man. I saw myself standing out here holding hands with a man and saying, Lord, heal this man. That's a prayer of demand. And the Lord said, could you pray that prayer? And I said, no, not for that man, because why not? Well, he's a believer. Truth of the matter is, he was healed 2,000 years ago. How can I ask God to do something God's already done? That'd be like saying, uh, Father God, let Jesus die for this man. Jesus already died for this man. See, the work was was done. So what prayer did I pray with that man, that believer? The prayer of agreement. (laughs) It, It would help to know what prayer to pray when. And uh, there's no just just here's a cliff notes shortcut. There's no prayer begging. <laughs> so we mentioned the prayer of agreement, Mark eleven twenty two to twenty three. That's the prayer of faith. What I did was I prayed the prayer of agreement, and that's Matthew eighteen nineteen and twenty. Again, I tell you that if any two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. There am I in the midst of them, the King James says. But look at the language. If two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, that's present tense. It will be done for you by my Father in heaven. What tense is that? Talk to me, what tense is that? It's future tense. And of course we don't like it. Because we're the generation, you know, I'm so old, I can remember dial-up internet. <laughs> remember when they called it the worldwide wait? And we're not hardwired to wait, right? Everybody here's probably done us, you know, thought, what the heck's going on? You know, and gone to the website and done a speed test, you know, because we, we want it now, 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 now. well, there's this thing called the adversary and he's defeated and he knows it but his gift is deception and he'll do everything he can to talk you out of it and he's a bully. The Boston Children's Hospital, uh, I I saw a video clip Uh, one of the workers there was bragging that they're doing double mastectomies and hysterectomies on little girls. Uh, She was talking about doing this to a 14-year-old after one consultation, One and compared it to getting rid of a mole that you never liked. That's Satan. I mean, I realize human beings are doing this, but you do realize, right, you, you could go to a 7-Eleven and cop a Snickers bar. There are sins you can't commit and not need a devil. But there are sins and they require a devil because they're so heinous. Do you understand this? And one thing I'll tell you what I've been shocked at in the last two years is what people will do for money. Amen. You know, for thirty years, I've called politicians money horse, and you know I've had people, you know, react. You know, well, this guy on the so-called conservative party pushing through this omnibus bill, he's worth fifty-four million dollars. How, how do you, how do you, how are you a lifetime politician and you're worth fifty-four million dollars? They will do anything for money. And so when when you give your tithe or you give an offering in love and uh, the barking dogs come out, you just remember who you're dealing with. Satan's a deceiver and his crowd. See, you'll go to work for your money and you'll tithe your money and you'll give gifts as led by the Holy Spirit on your money and you'll pray about your money. But nobody here would castrate a little boy for money. Nobody here would do a double mastectomy on a little girl or a hysterectomy for money. So don't you dare let people bully you on money. And, and that right there tells me how short time must be because I get up every morning and I tell the Lord, I say, now, nah, Lord, how long will not the judge of all the earth do what is right? You do realize, right, if, I'm, if I understand your Bible correctly, you do, re- I'm talking to you right now, you do realize, right, that if, if Jesus took his church up out of here tonight, they will be doing this to children for seven more years. So how long will you let this go on? Will not the judge... Of all the earth, do what is right. So even when you pray this type of prayer, you still have to follow the instructions of Mark eleven twenty four. You see, Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. You still have to follow instructions based on Mark eleven twenty four. what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. You still have to follow instructions. You still have to follow Mark eleven twenty four. 24. And when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Okay, he's telling me right now that that's great, that's wonderful, but that's not the whole enchilada. He didn't say enchilada. I, I used that word. <laughs> because... What precedes verse 24? Verses 22 and 23, which have to do with what? Confession. So when you pray a prayer of agreement, when hands are laid upon you, when somebody anoints you with oil, when when you're out and you're praying, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Why Why don't we do that right now? Thank you for... Will you, will you follow me in just a little something that's got great power to it? Do you mind? Say, Father God, Father God I, thank I thank you for healing me. I love you, I love you. and I love your word, I love you. and I thank you, Father God, for healing me. For healing me. I, believe I, I believe I receive healing in my body, in my body from, the my from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. To the soles of my feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus for healing me. For healing. I love you, I love and, I love your word. and I love your word. Thank, thank, thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing me. For healing me. I believe I receive healing in my body, in my body. From, the my from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. To the soles of my feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God, thank you, Spirit for, quickening God. for quickening my mortal body. I love you, I love you. and I love your word. Love your word. Thank, thank you, Holy Spirit of God, Spirit for quickening My mortal body, body. I believe I receive receive. healing in my body body. from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. feet. All right, and what did Jesus say? And you shall have them. Healing's on the way, amen. 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 You can do that with money, amen. Amen. Whatever you desire, we know that from Matthew 18, 19, and 20. How How can he say whatever you desire? John, I think it's 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. See, if, if you remain in him and his words remain in you, you're not going to ask a miss. You're not going to ask for some crazy thing because you remain in him and his words remain in you. So you're going to ask aright. And according to the word of God, it'll come. It'll be done. Hallelujah count it done, and it shall be done. Let the naysayers say whatever they're going to say, but count it done, and it shall be done. And you shall go forth with rejoicing, with a song of gladness in your mouth. And your days shall be like days of heaven upon the earth, And you will declare to the nations, the Lord has done great things. The Lord has done great things in our eyes, whereof he has made us glad. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Believe you receive them, and ye shall have them.